Today on the news and why it matters, Boris Johnson uh, landslide over in the UK, what that might mean for Democrats here in the United States. Uh, also, the Judiciary Committee has approved articles of impeachment. Oh boy, oh man, can't wait to get into all of that. Uh, also, a 14-year-old who was uh, beaten for being a Trump supporter. Got a lot to get into on this Friday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Stubergear, Pat Gray, and Jason Buttrell. Mm. That's a, a our team. amazing lineup. <laughs> oh, man, I am super excited. Just kidding. I am excited. I realized that was offensive. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but you so, said you were super excited. Just kidding. That means you weren't excited. <laughs> but I said it in a sarcastic way, wow. so I was just kidding mm. for the sarcasm. And that is that sarcastic? What you're saying? No. <laughs> it's genuine. Right. Uh, before we get into the program, I would just like to point out that Jason Buttrell is wearing sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Jason, Thank who so, so kindly jumped in at the last minute, was like, I'm wearing a sweatpants and a hoodie today. <laughs> Are you sure you want me on the show? So uh, he's wearing a TV mullet today on the program. Uh, so Boris, I stepped up, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I stepped up. Totally. Uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson's conservative party wins the majority in the UK election. Uh, you know, we've talked about all of this um, in regards to what's going on in the UK and uh, how Jeremy Corbyn has, you know, Jeremy Corbyn, who was, of course, his opponent, a uh, little anti-Semitic. A tad. A little bit. A shade yeah. of not really liking Jews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> dash right yeah. on top. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for pointing that out. Uh, but there are a little, a couple other, I think, parallels, similarities to what's going on in the UK with, you know, the Labour Party and the Conservative Party um, over uh, over there, and then what's going on here with Democrats and Republicans. Stu, do you think that this should be any sort of, like, sign for the United States, just how the tides are turning? I think there are some pretty interesting things to learn uh, from this. Um, you know, we talked to Daniel Hannon this morning, um, from, and he's a, he's a representative to the EU from uh, Great Britain. And, you know, Pat, it's been 10 years since that first phone call with him that we had wow. um, from when he made that big speech initially. And in that conversation, he talked about, you know, we really need to get out of the EU. Like the EU is a disaster and we should pull out of it. And at the time, it seemed like completely crazy. I remember three years ago talking to him again and he said, we, you know, it's Brexit. Congratulations, Daniel. He's like, yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of work to do. And now here it finally seems like, and I'm not, I'm not walking across the finish line yet with this one, but I mean, it finally seems like next month they're going to actually get uh, Brexit done, which is pretty impressive. And I think it shows, um, it, it shows, I think, a couple of things for um, uh, when it comes to relating to the United States. Number one, if you are the Democrats, you have to be terrified by running a far-left candidate. Corbyn is to the left of any of the candidates, really, that we are running, even Sanders. But he's their version of really super far-left-wing Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. And there's enough people in the country that were just like, uh, you know, no. Frankly, no. This is, I can't go that far. This, you know, I'm, even if I'm moderate to left-leaning, this is nuts. Um, so you run a candidate like that, you risk the same thing happening um, where with a big conservative victory here, just like there was there. Um, you know, secondarily, I think there is a there's an aspect of this when it's about honoring an, an election result. Right. 
In 2016, Donald Trump was elected. Um, that has not been cool with the Democrats. They have not been uh, co- you know, confident to allow that process to play out and have another election. And they've been trying to overturn that result in different ways ever since. And what we saw in Britain was the same thing. They, the, the Brexit vote came down. Everybody tried to overturn it. Every opposition party tried to overturn it and screw with it the whole time. And even people at the end who were Remain voters came out and said, look, I, I got to get this thing over with. I don't like the result, but this is what the people said. Honor it. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, and, you know, with Boris Johnson, too, there's a part of it where he is a, a, a similar figure to Trump in that he can cut through the normal politics. Um, so he's a personality. A lot of people like his personality. It's a little bit different than Trump's. I mean, it's a little bit more, uh, maybe more endearing than aggressive, uh, but it's still like out of the norm for politicians. And because that cuts through, I think there's a lot of voters who personality wise just like him enough to do it. Those three ingredients uh, could spell disaster if they pick, particularly if they pick the wrong candidate on the, on the left. Uh, I don't care. I hope they do. Um, but uh, it is one of those things where they, ha- I mean, if I'm a Democrat today, I'm freaking out over that result. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> There's this, there is some very strong parallels because when Brexit, the, the referendum was what, 2016, um, before our election. Yeah. And some, I don't, I don't remember, I don't know, maybe you guys do, what the, like, what the media's perception of that was, if that was just kind of like a fluke, or if maybe the U.S. might mirror some of that. I don't think so, because... Oh, I know, there was a big thing that Trump tried to play up at that time, was to say, you know, look, look what happened in Brexit, it's going to happen here, too. And yeah. the media definitely didn't believe it. No, they, they, they didn't, and you'd, you'd get your blue check marks, you get all your media personalities, everybody in the mainstream media was agreeing, like, okay, that's nothing, don't worry about it, we're going to sweep this election, Hillary's going to win with 99% of the vote. Um, that was the same exact thing you saw during the referendum. Every blue check mark and media personality over there and over here mm-hmm. was saying that the referendum was going to get destroyed. Why? Because we're saying so. Because because we all say so. And so we really want it. Yeah, and, and, we, and, we, and, we, yeah, and we really want it. Um, but, of course, we had the referendum. Trump wins. Uh, that's really kind of breaks out all over the world. And, it's like, it's, it's, and, and you see it now. It's almost like a, uh, I guess it's a, it's, it's a, it's a revolt over like the the world as it was probably like in the around the 90s and that was a big technocratic leader mm-hmm. you know rise where it was like okay you idiots down there don't worry about it because we're going to take care of you because we know better than you do mm-hmm. how to run your country and how to live your lives mm-hmm. um that's the that's the liberal left the progressives in this country it's the same over there um uh, over in europe and people are sick of it they're tired of being called uneducated just because they didn't go to oxford or they didn't go to cambridge or they didn't go to harvard or yale over here here. They're tired of, be, of being called uneducated um, over that. And they know how, they're smarter than the people that sit, whether it's in Brussels or London or Washington, D.C. They know how to run their, their lives and their families better than they do. And they're sick and tired of being told that they're uneducated for believing that and for knowing what's best for them. And I think that this is just going to break out even more. I, th- I think you'll see this. I think Glenn even asked uh, Daniel if, if he thought that France might be next yeah. on this list. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that. He said he thought it might be the Netherlands, actually. Next. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, the Conservative Party in the UK is not what we would call conservative. So there's still right. there's it's still different. differences, yeah. but yeah. I, I still think still. Pat, the fact remains the people are tired of you know government thinking mm-hmm. that they know better yep. than the voters. Well, yeah, they uh, there were um, districts, there were areas of the country that turned uh, red. For the first time in a hundred years, wow, a hundred years that going conservative, and so um, 
yeah, it's a little bit different, but still, there was a definite mandate for uh, Boris Johnson and and Brexit. And I, you know, again, I go back to what Glenn was saying during Obama's uh, reign of terror, um, because of his, you know, his slick Marxism. Glenn thought that the next leader was going to be somebody with a gravy stain on their shirt. Well, Boris Johnson is definitely that, and so is Donald Trump. They're both gravy stain guys. Yeah. I, saw, I saw a great breakdown from John Oliver about Boris Johnson, and he was making the case, and this might be right, that, that Boris Johnson's kind of like gravy stain persona and disheveled mm-hmm. look was very calculated on yeah. his end. Because he said everyone, you know, t- t- took it for granted. They, 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 they yeah. underestimated the guy. Yeah. So they'd co- they'd go into some of these like debates. Or Just they, like you know, Democrats underestimate yeah. Trump. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so here in the United States, of course, they had the articles of impeachment vote to get it out of the House Judiciary Committee. No surprise there that they, you know, they all were like, yeah, let's do it based on absolutely no evidence. But uh, interesting little tidbit from yesterday's dog and pony show. I don't know what else to call it. I don't really feel like it was a hearing. It was, what, 14 hours of just them going back and forth on something that we knew they were just going to vote to take to the floor anyway. Um, But so it was uh, Representative Escobar and also Representative Sheila Jackson Lee just blatantly... um, saying Trump said something that did not actually that he did not actually say. So um, I think we have a, a video of Representative Escobar saying that Trump said, I want you to do me a favor. There's just one problem with that, though. Watch. Our Republican colleagues are working overtime to try to convince us that we didn't see what we saw with our own eyes and we didn't hear what we heard with our own ears. Let's bring it down to an example that was used during the hearing. If a governor, if if a community suffers a natural disaster and the governor of the state has aid that will help that community, but calls the mayor of your community and says, I want you to do me a favor though. And conditions with, with giving the aid to the community on the police chief smearing his political opponent, has there been a crime? The answer is yes. And that governor would go to jail. So there's just a slight problem with uh, what she said. The, the quote was, I'd like you to do me a favor, though, is that that's not what Trump actually said. He said, I would like for you to do us a favor. Now, that changes things, in my opinion. Uh, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, in the same vein, said, you know, uh, he said... I want you to do a favor. She just completely took out the us or the me. Just do a favor. That's because she can't speak the English language. <laughs> Probably that might be part of it. But uh, uh, Donald Trump struck back on Twitter, of course, of all places, and said, Dems, Veronica Escobar, and Jackson Lee purposely misquoted my call. I said, I want you to do us, in uh, parentheses, our country a favor, not me a favor. They know that, but decided to lie in order to make a fraudulent point. Very sad. <laughs> I mean, it does make a difference, does it, oh, it not? Does. If we were to, if the entire argument, which he hasn't always uh, really um, voiced so well, if the entire argument is this is in our national interest, it makes a big difference to say, do us a favor or do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Right, Pat? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Plus the analogy is just stupid. Oh, yeah, it was really stupid. <laughs> I mean, it didn't even make any... It wouldn't be like a governor telling a local community leader. <laughs> no. It'd be like uh, somebody in Canada yeah. telling them to do a favor for them. Um, the, the whole thing is just ridiculous. And they know they've got nothing. 
And Nancy Pelosi essentially admitted that yesterday when when they asked her, hey, uh, what happened to bribery charges? Where's <laughs> well, that? Well, she's not a lawyer. Pat. No, she's not a lawyer. And her lawyers advised her not to use bribery, which tells you what? <laughs> they didn't have a bribery case. That's what it tells you. I mean, it's like, you know, your prosecutors going after somebody uh, for murder but they wind up charging him with jaywalking. Well, our lawyer said, uh, <laughs> go with the jaywalking charge, not the murder. T- okay, I'm not a lawyer, but we went with jaywalking instead. That's right, and that was not, I think in that little press conference, Nancy Pelosi tried to be so cute about it. She, she said, did. Yes, yeah, she said, well, I'm, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, even though I, I act like one sometimes. I also act like a doctor sometimes, but I, it was very bizarre. So I'm like, weird. just, just. Just sh- stop talking, Nancy. <laughs> I will think I did actually learn something uh, on that this last clip, which was that Veronica Escobar is a congressperson <laughs> and actually a person at all. Um, I so. actually forgot. You notice I said Representative Escobar because I was like, I don't remember her first name yet. <laughs> oh, there it is. Trump tweeted it. Uh, Trump tweeted it. That's how I remember. Yeah, I've, never, I've literally never even seen the person before. It's, it's amazing to me how there's so many representatives out there that make absolutely no impact outside of where, you know, I guess their district or whatever. Um, yeah, they, they just go along with the flow. They never really say anything interesting, and the rest of the country doesn't know who they are. I have to say, Escobar has fallen into that category, sadly for me. I don't know anything about her, um, but that is obviously a ridiculous analogy, um, and it is important because that, you know, it is the fundamental part here. It, it Like, if Donald Trump was doing this for his own political um, benefit solely, again, that's really the standard is solely, um, like Nixon is going to, the Watergate situation is done on behalf of him, um, though, for his political benefit. There was no argument that, like, you know what, for the good of the country, we just had to make sure that those things in that hotel room were, you know, I mean, like, there's no argument there. And that's why he was burned so badly with that, and and it it was so uh, obvious. Same thing, I mean, look at Clinton, too. I mean, he's using the power of his office to hide an affair um, and then lying about it. Um, This is something where he's doing this, you know, that there's a real benefit to the country here. There's $8 billion missing. Let's find out where it is. Mm-hmm. Jason, uh, Jerry Nadler said, today is a solemn and sad day. Oh, God, this act is third time in a little over a century and a half. The House Judiciary mm. Committee has voted articles of impeachment against the president. Mm. He was very, very sad about it. Solomon said, weren't they watching golf? All of a sudden? I, yeah. I actually yeah, I like that guy. Whoever that guy is, the guy's watching the golf tournament on his laptop. I was like, I respect him. He's awesome. <laughs> That's what I would be doing in there, too. We, we all know this is a show. You might as well watch a better show. The, uh, the, the, the two articles, the, the more you look at it, the more you realize this is not going anywhere. And what scares me is that McConnell's comments lately about just kind of going with what the White House is. If the White House doesn't want to call any witnesses, we're not going to do anything, basically, and vote on this thing and just move on. I, I think that would be a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. I, I want all of this to be exposed oh, yeah. in the Senate. Yeah. I mean, the Federalist Papers actually lay out what happens if this is used for political bias, which this is. Um, it's Federalist 65, if you want to read it. I, I don't think anybody in Congress has ever read Federalist 65. <laughs> um, but they actually, it's almost a direct quote. They're like, this will be used for political bias. That's why it should start in the House. They will undoubtedly use this as a political weapon. That's why it should go to the Senate. And they, it's very clear. They're like, it shouldn't go to the Supreme Court because of this. It should go to the Senate because of this. Because the Senate will act as the, okay, let's really get down to the nitty-gritty of all the different charges. And when they do, the obstruction of Congress, that's, that's dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. That's, being, that's already been reaffirmed by both Bill Clinton and, and, and Barack Obama. Yeah. That's not going anywhere. Previous yeah. administrations, yeah. It's not going anywhere. And then, and then the, uh, the abuse of power, they've got to prove his intent. And you can see just from that tweet right there, he's already getting ready for that. His lawyers have prepped him for that. Mm-hmm. All they have to say is don't don't step out of line here. Make sure that the intent is for the good of the country, mm-hmm. not yourself. And this is done. Yeah. They know this. All right. Back in a minute. 
should have been said from the beginning. Yes. yes. Uh, yes. 100%. Yes. And Uh, a 14-year-old boy was hospitalized uh, last month. This happened last month after being beaten by multiple other children on the bus on his ride home from school. Now, this video has just uh, surfaced because the the family's attorney said that it is now okay to release the video. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and warn you guys if you have children, younger folks in the room. It's pretty graphic, but uh, the 14-year-old boy was voicing his support for Donald Trump and was wearing one of those evil red hats. And apparently this is what happens to you in uh, America in 2019 if you dare wear a red hat. Again, this is uh, a little bit graphic if you have little ones in the room. Four people? Mm-hmm. What a wild animal. What is that? Uh, Gosh, that's did, unbelievable. I mean, that's what you just said. It's like they're like it's like an yeah. animal, right? Uh, yep. It's incredible. Um, so apparently there is an investigation going on, and like I said, the family is being represented by an mm. attorney, uh, you know, looking into this. But you know, the school said, well, all the students face discipline. I got some discipline. It's fine. I'm pretty sure they need a rear whooping. But uh, so the, the parents tweeted out after the attack, sitting in the hospital with my 14-year-old kid because he was just jumped by eight black kids on the school bus. I guess that's what happens when a kid wears a Trump hat to school. Uh, earlier today, they poured milk all over his head. This is depressing, Stowe. I would agree uh, with that. Uh, I th- we'll be seeing, I think, this kid at uh, the State of the Union uh, in the crowd uh, in, a, in a couple of months. Um, Which would all also be depressing. Yeah, We're no. not supposed to exploit the children. No, I, well, I think it's going to be one of those things where he's like, hey, you know, Trump loves this, right? Yes. Like, you stand up for him and, and you get your butt kicked because of it. Like, he that, you're, love kids getting their butts kicked. No, he likes he likes the kid who stood up for him yeah. and, and was willing to get his butt kicked uh, for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, I like, look, there's always been fights at school and, like, the you know, we're catching them more on video now. And that's it's, not that, a fight, though. That's just really disturbing. That's I mean, it's just attacking really disturbing. a kid for wearing a, a MAGA hat. I got, I got into a lot of fights uh, in school. Surprise, surprise. And they were never over politics. No. Not <laughs> a single one of them was about freaking politics. Really yeah. And it, this is, I'm going to blame both the boys' parents and the parents of everybody beating on the boy. Like, there's no reason why your 10-year-old should show up all politicized out. Well, he was 14. That's stupid. You can't. Whatever. But even still, like, even less so, because now you're starting to realize, hey, those chicks are kind of cute. <laughs> you know, I'm more into politics. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, uh, this... Oh, I'm sorry. You can't find cute chicks who are into politics? <laughs> <It's> very <laughs> true. Very <laughs> true. 100%. You just don't. Know, <laughs> you should not even notice they're into politics. You're like, hey, she's really cute. Well, she believes what? Who cares? <laughs> um, but there's no reason why our kid... And I, something I've noticed as my teenagers are now in school they talk about politics all the time Ugh. and like when my kids started I'm like shut up stop you mm. should not be worried about this you should not care about this oh I remember back in like fifth grade when I was yelling at some kid that no Gerald Ford doesn't make it out on TV he doesn't trip that much and, and we got into just a brutal uh. savage brawl uh, it was ugly. <laughs> 
But on the other side, I just want to say on the other side, though, all these other kids that were getting all violent, it's the same thing. They're getting this from their parents. Mm -hmm. They're getting it from their parents. They're getting it from social media and all that stuff, and they're soaking it up, and then they're taking it to school. And it's just absolutely ridiculous how politicized we've become. It's Mm -hmm. difficult for, I think, kids to pick up the nuance from the uh, overall conversation. And the overall conversation is that Donald Trump is Adolf Hitler, Mm -hmm. and uh, and he hates all black people and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, like— Also, you should be uh, attacking—well, not attacking. What did Maxine Waters say? You should be confronting Donald Trump's supporters oh, yeah. in the streets. Wherever he is, yeah. If you see right. these people in the yeah. streets, go you know go Seriously. up to them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, so I, I just feel like there is a it, it, that level of uh, penetration of politics into our kids' lives is really unhealthy. I think it's mm-hmm. been something that has been um, encouraged mm-hmm. by mostly the left, though not entirely the left. I mean, we, I go back to rock the vote all the time. I mean, there was a time where it was like we have to encourage people to get more involved in politics because they're not thinking. We, young people need to be thinking about it. It's like, uh. well, maybe they don't like maybe they need to be thinking about the issues maybe you need to talk to them about the issues but this has turned into just a a, a, um, a personality battle mm-hmm. right like the idea that you go beat the crap out of somebody because they're wearing a hat is not a rational way to think about the world um, but when if it was you know Adolf Hitler's hat like you know maybe the kid does get his ass beat and uh, that is like that's the type of thing where we're at a, a situation where like the there's an understanding, I think, among adults where we're like, okay, you're calling him Hitler. We all know the people on the left are nuts, and they don't necessarily mean he's actually Hitler. They're just trying to say the worst possible thing about them. And it goes on both sides with that. Here, though, kids don't pick up that nuance. Yeah. I mean, they, they just see it as, like, you're evil if you're wearing that hat. And they can't separate it. They don't have the, the ability to put that, uh, you know, added context on there. And I think, you know, this sort of stuff will happen more. I don't want my kids Absolutely involved in it. Will. Yeah, they're, 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 you, you, they, they're seeing Time Magazine call out a 16-year-old. For yeah. her political activism, yeah. for crying out loud. So now you have, you're gonna, of course, you're gonna have more 14, 15, 16 year olds. Like, that's me. I wanna be <laughs> Greta for crying out loud. Oh, God, please. Stay in school, kids. Back in a minute. <laughs> I, didn't want, I, I do not want an activist kid, I'll tell you that. Oh, oh my God. I want a kid who's well rounded, who, you know. Hey, for those of you who may be watching on YouTube, uh, Facebook, wherever the case may be, you're missing out. On Overtime, uh, there is a little program that happens after we finish this called Overtime. And today we're going to be talking about Hunter Biden and uh, the fact that because of his whole, you know, oops, I knocked up a stripper bit, you know, that I mean, who among us does that not happen to? Uh, but because of that, he may have to reveal. We've all right? been there. We've all been there. Right? <laughs> you may have to reveal uh, his full Burisma and China earnings in that lawsuit. We will get into the details of that. Also, uh, there is a gay Jesus Christmas flick. Thank you. Mm. Finally, they did it. We've been asking for it, and finally, they did it uh, on Netflix. We'll get into that. Also, Rudolph, the movie Rudolph, queerest holiday special ever. Come on. This is going to be a fun one. All right. You got to tune in at blazetv.com. What a gay Christmas topic you picked. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. It's the greatest scene of all time. Sorry. Uh, just talking about, do you, do you want to uh, Yes, I was like, class? so I have, uh, now I used to always have three Christmas movies I watch every single year, and now I have four. And so mm. it's it's always been Christmas Story, mm-hmm. um, which of course I watch uh, uh, on when they run the 24 hours of Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Now. A Christmas Story, um, Christmas Vacation, Elf, 
and A Christmas Twist. <laughs> the Christmas Twist is a movie that we uh, did here on this very network um, many years ago, which was basically, I would say, a parody of every bad Hallmark Lifetime movie. Um, and <laughs> it was just, we were coming back to break, I was mentioning just the scene where Pat Gray calls my wife stupid about 60 <laughs> times in a row is the greatest. And she it's her favorite scene in the entire movie, too. Uh, it's the funniest thing. You're so stupid. Stupid! How did you get to be so stupid? <laughs> <laughs> it's, if you've never seen this thing, I'll post it on Facebook. Is that from 2015? 2016? Yeah, around there, yeah. 2015. Yeah, on, what's your Facebook handle? World of Still? Uh, I don't know. Oh. I believe it's Super Gear. Super Gear. I believe. Look up, but, uh, look, look, yeah. yeah, look it up. He's going to be posting it. It is... It is really funny. At World of Stew on, on, on the Twitters, though. There I'm, you go. I'll post a link there as well. Okay. Uh, so Hunter Biden... He might be forced to reveal exactly how much money he made in Ukraine and China as part of his child support lawsuit. Of course, he's being sued by uh, that stripper who was like, hey, you fathered my child. And he was like, no, I didn't. And she was like, well, the DNA evidence says that you did. So pay up. Uh, He has asked for more time to, quote, consult with his accountants to figure out his finances for the lawsuit. Uh, and, of course, her attorney is saying she does not want this to affect Joe Biden's campaign. She just wants this baby to get financial support from the baby's father, which I believe he's been resistant to give because he went and told the judge that he hasn't made any income since May and that he, you know, he's I mean, he's broke. <laughs> he's just is trying to get on his feet. It was just like the millions that he made in Ukraine and mm-hmm. also China and billions he's blown through that. Yeah. but he's government blown well. through that no pun intended uh, not a huge surprise um, and I look he is a very erratic individual you know, they, you know they brought it up in one of the hearings and everyone was like oh they brought up his personal life well his personal life is part of this because you know, it does point to how ridiculous Why it was that Burisma would would trust him with an $83,000 a month job. Um, you know, in fact, one of his breakdowns uh, actually happened with one of the head guys at Burisma. Like, the, he actually was known for all these problems and then was drinking with the people at Burisma on a boat uh, on one of these crazy weekends that he went through. Um, you know, it's, it, it is, uh, it, look, we've all been there. We've all impregnated a couple of strippers. But it's, it's, it's something that... <laughs> No? no really? Yeah, what a I'm prude. Have to dispute that. <laughs> what a prude. Just the one. Done one. Just okay, one. okay, just the one. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, Pat's a more monogamous guy when it comes to strippers. But I think, uh, like, you know, look, he has had legitimate problems, and it's, you know, some of it is really serious. And but I mean, it, it's not about whether he's had problems or not, and whether that's okay. The issue is, uh, you know. This points fundamentally to corruption. People in that that state doing that thing with no knowledge of the industry and no knowledge of the country cannot speak the language and are having constant personal and drug problems don't typically get hired for $83,000 a month jobs. That's why it ties into what should matter to America. Um, And, you know, look, it also matters to this poor, you know, uh, woman who got impregnated, uh, has a kid and needs some money to pay for the kid. Uh, these are these are sloppy edges. Uh, we understand it's not exactly the neat uh, family story, you know, uh, that you'd like it to be. Modern family, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it is something that has to be investigated, and we will learn something uh, additional once this stuff comes out about the larger story that actually affects the country. There's nothing illegal with what everything we've reported on and what anybody else, like John Solomon, people like that, have reported on as far as what he was engaged in. You know, getting you know being part of the board at Burisma. 
It's not illegal. Mm-hmm. It's corrupt as hell, but it's not illegal in our laws. Same with all the everything going on in China. The only thing that could be, this is something I'm interested in, something that could be illegal is no one can really nail down how much money he was getting from these people. Mm-hmm. They lowball the heck out of it, and then all of a sudden you'll see like crazy numbers. I've yeah. heard everything from fifty thousand a month to one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, same, yeah. Mm-hmm. same. So I mean, so no one really knows. So was he getting a lot of different payments going through under the table, all that stuff? Was he paying taxes on any of that stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I would think that I don't know. Like that information is what could come out at the end of this. Um, the other thing is that there's a lot of allegations swirling around um, the head of Burisma Zlochevsky. And how he was actually getting some of the money that he was, uh, you know, funding Burisma and, and paying people with. And some of that was illegally laundered money that was supposed to be like U.S. aid money going into the government that he was purchasing via bonds and then laundering it through a U.S. company. Now, that's, that's, uh, that's just an allegation right now. But this is more information that could come out later. Um, this, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if October surprise-ish area, you know, time frame, something like that might come out. That's a great point. I mean, certainly this is not the optics you want if you're Joe Biden, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think he was expecting the grandchild in Arkansas? I I think he foresaw that. He knows he's a family guy. He's a family guy. He knows he's spreading his seed around. He knows all that. Uh, You know, it's just, it's really embarrassing. Um, And it's embarrassing for Joe. And Joe gets really pissed when people bring it up. (laughs) He doesn't like that at all. So that's going to be really interesting if it comes down to him and Donald Trump. Because you know Donald Trump is going to bring it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That should be fun. Oh, if you, and if, you, if you're, if I'm Elizabeth Warren's campaign, Bernie Sanders, or anyone from the Trump team covertly, oh, I'm man. sending in a minority woman yep. into that same scenario where he blew up at that dude, sending a minority woman in oh. and let her float that question and keep pushing and see if he has the same reaction. They will eat him alive for that. That's a great point. He's so easily hit, you know, yeah. you know, inflamed Set on off. that. Yeah. I would be doing that right now. I, every single one, you know, I'd have a different, <laughs> different minority woman in there every single time. Asking the same, question. same exact same question. Exact question. <laughs> and just sit back and start popping the popcorn. Well, this is I mean? a huge performance issue for uh, for Joe Biden. I mean, he has to know this is coming. I mean, any competent politician would know they're going to come. He in. Sure, didn't seem like it. That's, though, that's did what I'm he That's had to know it bad. was coming before. Yeah. It's been and months and months. Reacted that way. Yeah, months of this were. He's had these sorts of questions, and every time he's blown up, I do think, like when it, when it first was happening, I kind of took it as a um, he. It's righteous indignation, like he's trying to portray righteous indignation. Like how dare, how dare you, um, how dare you ask me about my son that's got nothing to do with this? He didn't do anything wrong. I'm standing up for my kid, and like it, he thought it might come off as a positive. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to be able to control it, and I've kind of come around to the idea that I think he just really reacts that way, and they has said yeah. he hasn't been able to control himself. Part of that might just be, look, you know, you're coming after my son who's a disaster, and, like, I, I don't like, uh, you know, it's, it's probably the, I mean, <coughs> frankly speaking, you know, as a dad, as a parent, like, it's probably the worst thing happening in his life right now. Like, the, the Hunter Biden's entire, you know, past 15 years has been nothing but a terrible, like, HBO series. Because this is not, you know, this is not something you want to happen if you actually love your son, which I'm sure he does. Um, on the other part of that, though, you are running as a presidential candidate. This is something that's serious. And the accusation against you is that you lost your mind when your son was at stake. When you had a chance to just to be the vice president, but your son's uh, getting enriched on the other side, you bent your 
vice presidency towards him to benefit him. Now, here you are on the campaign doing essentially the same thing. You're, you're, you're losing your mind to protect your son. That is not a good look. And he, I, you know, I'm sure his advisors are telling him that daily, but he doesn't seem to be listening so far. Well, he, I mean, in all fairness, he's probably listening. He just doesn't really comprehend much. He doesn't know where he's at at any given point in the day. It's just... Yeah, I mean, and now they're saying, like, he's leaking to reporters. His people are leaking to reporters. Oh, yeah. It might just be one term. Just one term. Just one term. Probably just one but term. Then, I mean, but I'm then not they'll gonna, dispute it. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they don't want to guarantee it. Yeah. Um, but they want to kind of get the, the sign out there that, you know, look, he doesn't think he's going to be 85 can, and president. He can run. hang on yeah. for four years. Yeah, four That's years. Fine. He'll stay alive for that No way. No way. Eight years. It's not a good look. Yeah. Uh, all right. Netflix is catching major heat after uh, they added a Christmas-themed dark comedy. Now, this is from a Brazilian comedy group about gay Jesus. And uh, the mm. translation for the, the title of it is The First Temptation of Christ and um, it's yeah it's the description is Jesus is turning 30 and brings a surprise guest to meet the family a Christmas special so wrong that it must be coming from comedians Porta dos Fundos Uh, there's a a petition a million Christians have signed this petition calling for its removal come on can we just not let it just be on Netflix and fail yeah. You really need a petition to remove it. Like I get it. It's it's obnoxious and it's gross and I don't particularly find it to be that. something that it's I would blasphemy. want. Well, right, but like I could just not watch it, right? I mean, yeah, yeah I mean like it's it's I think you're right. I mean, like it I, depends on how serious you think blasphemy is. Should it be part of, you know, the thing that's on your television all the time or do you fight against that? Yeah. I think so, you do. Okay, so you disagree mm-hmm. with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cuz I mean, I, I you know, it's not blasphemy for you, right? Like, you know, it's not blasphemy for me. I'm not going to watch right. this stupid thing. Um, right. I do understand, yes. though, what you're saying, like, because yeah. you are supporting mm-hmm. an organization that is supporting it. And right. so there's there's lines that, you know, you can you can draw on that. I, I tend to like I tend to lean towards just ignoring it. I mean, I think a lot of times these things pop up and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think this is a, a real cr- crutch for comedians. Which is like there is a, a an urge inside of every comedian to break down barriers and, and and push the envelope and go a little bit past the point you're allowed mm-hmm. to go, which is very standard and I think good um, for good comedy is a good instinct for comedians. But the laziest way you can do it is take on religion yeah. because it's the it's it was yes was there <clears throat> were there balls associated with that action in 1955? Sure, yeah. like I mean that was you didn't do that. It's 2019. It's all you do. Mm-hmm. It's the most boring thing in the world to take on a religious figure, I think, in 2019. It's what it's everybody does. It's not brave at all. Yeah. It's like saying, like, we've made a brave choice. We put a gay character in our show. Uh-huh. Well, it's not a brave choice in 2019 to put a gay character in your right. show. It's a, it's, it's it's a brave choice. It's a brave choice not to. Not, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I think, that, like, it's, it, you know, we, we've, you mock, like, uh, there's like, that idea... You go back and you watch, like, you know, Freedom Rock, like, 1960s, 1970s. Like, you know, everyone's out there, like, going against the man. They got the long hair and they're going. But, like, at some level, when you're all doing it, you're no longer nonconformist. You're just the same as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of comedians fall into that, uh, you know, world all the time. It's like, well, we can be against the man by showing we do the same thing as every other person who says they're against the yeah. man. It's a little boring. So, Pat, do you think... Like, do you boycott Netflix if they don't remove it? Do you, or do you just you make your opinion known so that you can 
know that, hey, I did what I could to let them know that this is blasphemous. Me personally or people in general? I mean, both. I mean, we're both? probably going to get rid of Netflix anyway, so. Oh, okay. Um, That's not a choice you even have yeah, to make. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, generally because speaking. Once, uh, once we had Disney Plus and Apple TV, my wife is like, we're not paying for Netflix, too. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a totally different uh, argument. It's a totally though, different it? argument. <laughs> and, uh, so I don't have to worry about the blasphemy on, uh, on Netflix. If it goes to Apple TV, do you drop Apple TV? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. What do you think, Jason? Uh, the problem is there's not a whole lot. I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for the free market and for Christians to get involved in that right. and maybe kind of help tilt that needle. Because I do believe that uh, I'm, I'm fairly libertarian, that um, you can put crap like this out on your network if you want to. Um, but we, as a, as a as a group, have a choice. But the mm-hmm. problem now is, is that there's it's like the petitions do. It's like okay, yeah. you signed a petition, like that doesn't do anything, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, but the problem now is, is there's not a whole lot of choices. Like everyone is going in that direction. Um, I, the real, streaming service? No, like no, the, just that type of programming. You mm-hmm. know, like a leftist t- t- gotcha. you know tilt mm-hmm. or an anti-Christian you know tilt. Uh, it's really hard. I mean, there's there are small smaller uh, uh, like streaming services, but no one knows about them. Pure Flix is one of them. I highly recommend Pure Flix if you're looking for an alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, this is this really is our reality that we're going to have to get used to until there's a viable alternative to some of these. Services. And it would be better. I think Netflix, just as a smart business move, should should have more conservative programming. But they do have religious programming as well. There's a lot. Of, there, there are good movies and such that they come. You know, they they put on there um, that are on the right side of the faith uh, uh, space. Yeah, but I'll say, I think you get an exemption from all of this because it's in some other crazy language that I don't understand. <laughs> so who knows what they're saying? Wow. Um, I don't know. It's. I mean, but there's but there's not a whole lot of programming. Like out of their entire catalog, they don't have like. I don't know, uh, pick any random group of people and this specific film is meant to completely, you know, piss them off Mm -hmm. or say, hey, what you believe in is crap Mm -hmm. or just completely blasphemous. No, you know, it would be really brave if they did a gay Muhammad movie, but they're not going to put that on their network. They won't touch that. But Christians are fair game, right? Because because, that would be brave. That that would be that would be really brave. Mm hmm. So last year, we learned from the Huffington Post that the the Christmas classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was seriously problematic for its bullying, racism, and homophobia. Uh, Also verbal abuse, sexism, bigotry, lack of acceptance, and exploitation of workers. I don't know if you guys caught all of the underlying messages in there. I will say the bullying one is not underlying. They absolutely bully Rudolph. That's blatant. That's blatant. (laughs) Santa meanness, absolutely blatant. He's not a nice guy in this. It's the only time he's like, he just had, I don't know, if you had a terrible weekend or what the yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's but but this year they've changed their minds the left has changed their minds they say oh actually Rudolph is the queerest holiday special ever mm. uh, this was determined by uh, Boylan what's her first name I don't know Jennifer Finley Jennifer Finney Boylan who mm. is a are you ready for this a transgender opinion writer for the New York Times that's a thing that's what we needed, mm. a transgender mm-hmm. opinion writer for the New York Times. So she says that uh, this particular Christmas special is as LGBTQ friendly to me as any episode of Queer Eye or The L Word. There's plenty of queer code in Christmastown. After Rudolph's red nose shines in his father Donner's cave, for instance, causing Donner a curiously profound mortification, the old man comes up with a fake nose for his boy to wear, you know, so as not to offend the straights. 
Um, uh, yeah, I do know. That was exactly <laughs> the message I got out of that. You know, I, I will say, like, normally what they try to do is get these things banned because there's something they don't like in them. I, if they can just find their own little piece of enjoyment, good good for you. Go for it. You want to watch it that way and you want to take that out of it, fine. fine. Just yeah. leave it on my fine. TV, please. I mean, imagine dissecting a Christmas movie that, to that extent, or any movie, really. I mean, they do this a lot with mm-hmm. all these movies. I'm like, how do you watch a movie and... Well, I did make a movie called Christmas Twist where we did dissect <laughs> everything that happens in Hallmark movies. So I can't go with you on this. I have maybe done a little bit of dissecting. Uh, but I mean, the, the LGBTQ, yeah, like trying to find that in every single movie, like their little Easter eggs mm-hmm. yeah. that the writers are putting well, in there for their community. I, like, this, can we just not let it be a Christmas movie? Is this that foreign to us, though? I mean, as conservatives, I think there's a lot of stuff that's been written where you find little conservative messages that you pull out of movies. I mean, this is something that is uh, relatively, I think, common among uh, conservatives, because I, I take that sometimes. Like, I remember when The Purge came out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was a movie that was made by people on the left. Uh, it was arg- it was basically like, what if the Tea Party got control of the country and they started doing crazy things because they thought they were the founding fathers? What I took out about it, it was like almost like a Glenn Beck novel. Because, I mean, these are progressives. They think they're the new founding fathers. They, they, all of the, the smart people are, are implementing these policies on, on the little people down there. And I really did take a conservative message out of it. It could have easily been that way. And I think that's, that's true with, with uh, a lot of entertainment. You know, like you can take things out of it that, that, uh, that make you enjoy it more. I mean, obviously, do I think this is ridiculous? Yes. Uh, however, like whatever. Just, just please don't try to ban it. Don't try to boycott it. Don't try to, like, you know, ruin it. Just take your own enjoyment out of it. Guess I'm fine with that. Password. <laughs> I mean, it, movies should be kind of like poetry, like when you're in the 10th grade, <laughs> which is like everyone read it and every single person that there was 50 people in your class had a different interpretation of it. And that was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And even your teacher would say, yeah, it's, that's the whole point. You know what I mean? Take from it what you will. Mm-hmm. Of course, there was also the, you know, the... Uh, you know, the Cliffs notes that said what it really meant, but right. no one really cared about that because if you <laughs> thought that it meant that, hey, I don't know, partying and chasing girls on the weekend is, fu- you oh know, cool, gosh, then you go, go for it. One. That's always got to be the angle. Yeah. But I mean, but still, I mean, it's, I, this is absolutely ridiculous that you have to have an LGBT whatever opinion column every week. Transgender in opinion writer. That's what it, whatever. <laughs> um, and they have to tell you what these little things mean. I guess that's my biggest point is like these movies you should be able, just like you said, take from wherever you want. Whatever joy you want out of whatever art it is, whether maybe it's movies or whatever, that's the whole point. But when you start injecting these things so that like, oh, no, no, this, this is what it means and this is what all of us have to think it means. I don't know. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, like Iron Man was like that with me. Like I liked Iron Man as a superhero because he was a freaking he was a businessman. He was like a big rich guy that was doing all this fun stuff on his own. He's essentially the ultimate capitalist who's saving the world. And it's like that, I took that out of that. That's not what they were intending. That was not their message. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I liked about it. No, but but what you're saying is true. Like he was well, a rich he, he businessman. But he right? actually blames capitalism in the movie yeah. um, for it. Like and and really kind of goes the other way in the movie. But I I was like eh, I just kind of ignored that part. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can move on with your life. It's entertainment, right? right. And like, I, do I think this is ridiculous? Yes. But am I going to get all that worried about it? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, yesterday's poll: Who is the GOP's best fighter in Congress? 59% of you said Jim Jordan. Oh, yeah. Followed by Ted Cruz at 18, Matt Gates at 16, and Doug Collins at 7. I, Doug Collins, did I, there's another guy. I don't think I even knew who he was until I he was either. like, until he, Trump like recommended him for governor. I don't think I knew who he was. He was the coach of like the Knicks back in the day or the Bulls. I didn't even, Doug what? Collins. <laughs> 
It's not that Doug Collins. Oh, another Doug Collins, like, but that's what I think of when I think of Doug Collins. Uh, I didn't even know who he was until these hearings started. And then I was, I mm-hmm. still didn't know who he the was. The only reason I knew about I him is, is because the governor of Georgia was resisting Trump's pick of him to be the uh, appointed governor of Georgia. Um, and uh, she, he wound up going with a businesswoman who, you know, who's now going to, or, or am I saying that right now? It was a uh, senator, right? Sen- no, it was governor, right? It was governor. You're arguing with know. yourself right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just want I you know. to know I won, that. though. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Um, Jim, <laughs> Jim Jordan, he, he's good in the way he, like, I guess in how combative he is. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I like him on this yeah. for that. I'm not, I haven't been too impressed with his knowledge. So I've, I've seen him in really? like, yeah, I've seen him in arguments with, I think it was Jake <clears throat> Tapper. And Jake Tapper's throwing out all these things that we've debunked a gazillion times, and he didn't even seem like he had an answer for it. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, was, I, was, I was very disappointed. None of them are knowledgeable about this stuff in, in the specials. Right, right. None of them. I don't maybe understand Ted, that. Ted Cruz, I would say, the most in, maybe, in Yes, that maybe much. Ted. But, yeah. but most of the Republicans have no idea. Well, Cruz, I, I loved Cruz. It was that yesterday or two, whenever that was, where he was talking about the IG report. Yeah. And he was like, wait, wait a minute, just, could you just, just so we have this clear. And he's all talking about they altered, are, they altered the, the email, emails. they did all this. The way he brought it out in public, he did it exactly like a lawyer would do to basically for shock value to the, mm-hmm. to the, to the jury. Mm-hmm. That's what Ted knows how to do. He's just not charismatic at all. My shoe is more charismatic than Ted Cruz is. Check true. And Gates, I mean, like he's like the you know the really loud guy who runs out, runs as fast as he can, but runs into a plexiglass wall. Like, I, you know, like he is so like ultra pro Trump, like reflexively. But I mean, when you can't let yourself get dunked on by Hank Johnson, Hank Johnson thinks islands are going to turn over because people are on one side of them. And Gates comes out and he's like, oh well, you know, Hunter Biden, he's had all these problems. Yeah. And in fact. Even with Hertz, he had cocaine, and he was driving. And like Jim, uh, uh, Hank, Johnson. Hank Johnson's like, well, you. Ha-, he's like, don't call the you know, pot call the kettle black. You had a DUI. Yeah. It's like if you have a DUI, you're not the lead don't. guy who argues against Hunter Biden's driving while intoxicated issues. No, like he just like is so he's just a blunt force object, and like he loves Trump, and he'll say anything to support him, which I know a lot of people love. To me, like, I mean, he is a fighter. There's, you know, and best fighter. I don't know. He is a fighter, though, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jordan and Cruz, I think, would be the top two there for me. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, also for the audience, today's poll does a Brexit deal finally have a chance at getting accomplished now that Britain has a Tory majority? Yes or no? I think they, like, they, I mean, they have to. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. That's what I said in 2016, though. Too. They have to. I mean, this is one that should be 100. percent I mean, they have to. They have they to. to. They, oh, that's <laughs> what. what they, there's going to be writing in the streets. They, they did. London, yeah. if they, don't. they did exactly what the Republicans here. Said about Obamacare, about the border, about immigration, everything. They're like, just give us this, and then we'll be able to do it. Then now, just give us the majority, then we'll be able to do it. So I, I don't know. I'll right. be skeptical. It, it, they should be able to do it right now, but I'm just waiting for some better technicality. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, it's a complicated process, right? I think Boris Johnson wants to get it done because it's just like Trump wants to build the wall, right? right. Like, I mean, like it's it's a big. I told everyone I was going to do, do it. I'm going to do it. I mean, Boris Johnson at the beginning of Brexit was like wishy washy on it. I mean, he wasn't like that. He wasn't like Daniel Hannon who mm. fought for it for like a very long time. He kind of came along and was like, uh, yes, I'm going to go with yes. Because um, he was trying to fix the cowlick. Yes, the uh, <laughs> that takes a lot of time. Yeah, it does. Uh, but. I mean, remember, this is a deal they have to negotiate with Brussels, right? Like, you know, and then that that deal comes back and gets voted on. If they don't get the deal with Brussels, who knows? I and mean, there so, are still complications. But he says he's going to do a no uh, a no deal ex- exit if he has to. That, that's what happened with May. Is that May had to go to Brussels, and then Brussels was like, "No, we're not giving you any of this. The only thing we're giving you is this." And May fell back to a corner. So when she brought her compromise 
all the people like Daniel Hannon, like the, the ones that just want a clear break, they were like, no, screw that. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that same scenario could happen again. Because mm-hmm. he still has to build a coalition, and if he can't appease that coalition, yep. which should be forming, I think, this afternoon, yeah. um, then this thing goes back to the drawing board. The biggest deal with him is that he's willing to do the no-deal Brexit, mm-hmm. uh, where I don't think May was. Uh, and no one believed May was, so they never really took those threats seriously. I mean, it, Johnson will do it. Well, if a no-deal Brexit happens, the entire island of Britain might capsize. capsize. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard what we think here at the table. Let us know what you think. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter, at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Have a good weekend. You too. We'll see you Monday. Thank you. I feel passionately about you having a good weekend. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Seems like an odd thing to be passionate yeah, about. Yeah, but I am. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.